Welcome everyone to this latest edition of the ICEJ webinar. Of course, we're still in the midst of Israel's battle against Hamas terrorism. And today uh, we have two special guests that are on the program talking about heroes and hostages. We're first going to talk to former Knesset member Shai Hermesh. He's a good friend of the embassy known as since uh, the um, 20 years or so as a member of the Knesset Christian Allies Caucus. He also says we helped save his life with a bomb shelter that we placed in his community of Kafar Aza, which happens to be one of the kibbutz along the Gaza border, which got hit the worst in this recent Hamas massacre against Israeli civilians. And let's go. We've caught up with him this week and uh, another kibbutz that's taken in a hundred and some families from Kafar Aza, and here I am with Shai Hermesh. Shai, I know it's not uh, easy to talk about what happened at Kafar Aza in your home and and uh, the absolute terror that invaded your community. But can you tell us uh, what happened? We saw you two days before, and then and then you're in peril for your life. So let's start with it. In the village around Gaza is attacked by rocket longer than 20 years. Uh, we have our local uh, uh, sophisticated alert, which called Sevador red color. When we got red color, we have 15 seconds in order to find a shelter. We succeed after not sh short time to convince the government, to impose the government that it should be the, a center for every apartment which you not have before. And since then, when there's any alert at home, it took us a few seconds. We are there, safe and alive. We wait 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, I see, until the bomb, and we know that the attack is ended. We simply open the iron door of the uh, uh, safety room. And we return back to reality. It sounds so strange to everyone, but for us it's part of the life. We also do it. We, we are not. We don't change anything because of the, on the rocket attack because they become part of the day. I would not say daily life, but uh, phenomena that uh, happened once in a few weeks. The rockets come. The alarm sounds. You stay in there for a certain time, and then it's safe to come out. And that it's and you thought that was it. It's ended. What happened on a uh, Friday on the Shabbat morning was what we used to have a heavy attack, more heavier than you know before, but we know what to do. All the families, everyone, single families, rush to the sheltered room, everyone in his apartment. When that ended by a boom, we left the sheltered room and we returned back to the salon, to the living room. That was the uh, technique by the terrorists in order to be to, to penetrate under the cover of the attack. So families return back to the salon hotel and been at their home surprised and immediately attacked by the terrorists. They slaughtered family by family, family by family. No army was there for four hours. Now there's an emergency unit in every kibbutz that uh, used to have rifles in order to protect until the army joined it. Unfortunately, a year ago, uh, the uh, army instructed that the weapons will not stay at home, but will be put together in a safe room. Mm. That waste of time caused a lot of damage because instead of having the rifle and jump out and start taking position, and act, and they know how to act. They run all of them without weapons to the safe room, safe building. Mm -hmm. There, the rifles there, they open it, took time, lost time. Then they start uh, exchange fire with the terrorists, and most of them being killed. Mm -hmm. So uh, the first, I say, uh, uh, protected wall crashed down. I don't know whether the first or the second. I think the first one is the... The border, mm. which we can't, mm. we are still under shock how it's happened. Israel invests 5 billion shekels 
on that buffer. Mm. And that fell down in 30 minutes. Mm. But that's not our story. When they arrived, they met our uh, uh, security staff. They broke through the front gate. And they, it's more complicated. Yeah. They've been so sophisticated that uh, part of them were running in the road and start shooting and killing families. Mm. Just, that just, was just on the beginning. Now they put a, an ambush in the gate. And when the first unit of army arrived there, they shoot them and four of the soldiers have been killed. Mm -hmm. So also penetrating by the army to the yard of the kibbutz becomes under fire, risky, and they've been surprised because the army knows that he's going to open the gate and he penetrated there. He could not imagine that one unit of the terrorists putting an ambush on the gate. So the gate was then open and they could come in and... They come in after, under fire and four of the soldiers have been killed. Uh, no one had been able to concentrate the whole process and start instructing the people what to do. Mm. Because the, the previous rifles have been killed or wounded, but we start uh, hearing shooting. Mm. And that was unused because never met before. So what we've done, every one of us returned back to the sheltered room, mm. closed the door. Do, Jacob, do they lock from the inside or not? I think some Immediately we see how unprepared and unknown they've been all of us, how naive they've been all of us. Okay, so then start running a voice of emergency on the, on the uh, WhatsApp group of the kibbutz. Mm -hmm. Calling for people, terrorists are in our house, how shooting, breaking, uh, talking Arabic, we are in the uh, shelter room, we are afraid they are going to break into, mm -hmm. and they try to break into. Now the system with the uh, shelter room was just the opposite. It means it's enabling opening the door from outside, mm -hmm. it's enabling opening the window, the iron window for us. Once I asked it years ago, that by name, and he told me it should be like that because if the uh, shelter room will be attacked by a heavy mortar shell and there will be casualties there, wounded people or fire, you need that someone will enable you to escape. Mm. Mm. The first use the hands in order to, the uh, to, to break into the safe room. Safe. And they keep picturing the safe room. So the safe room becomes non-safe room. There are some examples of a uh, uh, Members of Kibbut that hold for hours, I heard for that. hours, brave people in order to avoid from them penetrating into the center. Trying to hold the door handle. Yeah. Keep it. Uh, some, some places succeed to do it. Mm. They were to some, some places they failed, and some places they failed, but the people have been bonded because they shoot with a clutch to the lock of their door. Mm. And people hold it there and got the bottles. Uh, everyone was uh, calling for help and no one could help. The uh, army uh, succeeded to start working in the yard just four hours after the breaking. It means if you are talking about 6.30 o'clock, 11 o'clock 30, the first soldier broke there, they suffered a lot of casualties because they were being prepared to the area. Mm -hmm. The terrorists were staying on the, on, the, on the ceiling, on the top of the apartment. On the roof. And have a great view yeah. to the soldier. They had time to prepare. They prepared themselves and were in a better position. Uh, we don't have any idea about it. What I'm talking now and telling you now is you know, the story which I heard. You've reconstructed. Uh, my family, yeah. my son, Omer, which is placing unknown until now, 48-year-old, not married, was uh, lived in his apartment in the first area, in the first mm -hmm. uh, block, where the terrorists penetrate and kill everyone. He heard noise. He go to the window and move the curtain. And he told me, Abba, I see three black people running and shooting, and I'm wounded. And he sent a picture mm -hmm. that he blood on his hand. Ah. I said, Father, don't worry. It's all destroyed around the... the the blood is nothing, and I'm escaping to the safety room. Mm. Second, my daughter 
uh, brought the baby and returned from hospital after Caesar's death mm. in uh, Thursday. She just gave birth. Yes. Okay. We, 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 we plan a uh, Brit Mila on Sunday afternoon. Oh, man. She stayed in the ro- in a shattered room with a baby five days old, with a, a granddaughter, twin half years old, with a dog, and with a husband. These are your grandchildren. I have a grandchildren. Uh, while there, the situation was, was much worse than me, because uh, they, the terrorists not stop knock on the, on the iron door of the mm-hmm. window and try to open it. They didn't succeed. If they would succeed to open it, they killed him in a second. Yeah. And for 20 hours. 20 hours, you're they, stopping they, safe. They sit quietly. No one of them whipped. No one of them cried. No one said a word, including the dog. You're fine. They are all with no food, with no water, with anything. 20 hours, they did not went out. Right. And they started crying for help and told him, Father, the terrorist is on the roof. Running there, shooting there, shooting there. What the terrorists have done, they use their building in order to have a better position all around. So they've been both on the window knocking and trying. Mm-hmm. And his head was quiet. And more than that, on the... On the roof. On, and see everyone moving around the point. And, and they, call, they call for help, emergency, and I could not help. On the moment, if I would leave the apartment, I'd be shooting the, on the on the pave there in the kibbutz in the yard. I remember, I, I, I don't know if it was Jurgen or President or Josh Reinstein of the caucus, someone had called you and they reported, you had reported something for us that I really? listened to where you were saying we're surrounded, they're shooting. Maybe. It was in that first 20 hours when you're still in it's there. It's a 20 hours in Lake Book. Yeah. If people try, uh, I, I tell the story. I tell them that we've been sitting 20 hours quiet. Now stupid. I tell you why stupid. We did not analyze that they could open the the door. <laughs> we sit right and say, okay, now in a safe room. So they never really uh, found now, you. Now, what, what was the miracle? They simply did not penetrate to our apartment. That's all. If they would have... Uh, Enter there, we would have fit here now and talk. You, you've had the home since 1964? 1960. Your home? 1965. 65. Okay. So we have been so naive. We sit there in the, sit there in the sheltered room and uh, we are protected. Right. Time will come and someone will release us. What we should do is just sit in quietly and wait for the idea to come. We try to call for help, every one of us. And the answer is that the army is now fighting. The area is full with terrorists. They are not able to break and release the people. We don't know how how uh, heavy were the casualties by the army. We don't know that the army is fighting. But you knew they were out there fighting, trying they to get... They are fighting. We did not know how heavy is the battle there. In the very end, terrorists arrived. But they've been there, I don't know, hundreds of them, I don't know how many. Yeah. Because the, the battle was very heavy battle. 20 hours passed. And then, knocking on the door, on the shanted room. Tzal, 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 army, tzava, army, tzava. I told her, no, I need the shisla, the asmat shisla, the code. I need a code, there's a code. The code was 1313. <laughs> That's a soldier didn't know the code. I told him I'm not going to open. But it was stupid. They don't mean me they could open it by the own. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, until I don't have the code, I'm not going to open the door. It took two, two or three minutes. It's only 13, 13. Okay, I open the door. I find 20 combat soldiers of Givati. Armed from and the top door. to with rifles. And told me you have five minutes. To arrange something, taking with you, we are going to take you out. Really? So what I've done, and Fahama just overcome a heavy leukemia, and then all the triple rounds. This is your wife. Okay. I took the package with all the drugs, 
put him there with some. She's battling cancer and, yeah. and has all these she's medicines. You're rushing she out. She recovers from cancer, but the idea was that the drug should be with other mm-hmm. So we put all the drugs, some basic treat. Is that howie, howie, howie? We walked from one apartment to one apartment along the path. This is two in the morning, in the dark. Two in the morning. The only thing and, you took was her medicine. With nothing. Fair. Uh, around the shooting, exchange fire between the army and the territory. Not ended. They caused it all of us in a certain place in the, in a certain place in the yard there. And then we start walking. Longer than a, a one kilometer in the door to the to the petrol station, yeah. you know it's been there seven times. Yes, yeah. the buses were waiting for us. Mm-hmm. They couldn't bring the buses to the kibbutz because the buses would be shot. Mm-hmm. So you could see elderly people. Uh, my do- my daughter with a five days child on the rent, handicapped with a, a chair wagon. All of them are walking slowly, slowly. Surrounded by the Givati combat soldier, protected by them, quietly. No one is talking. It took around 20 minutes, I'd say. When we reached the petrol station, there was waiting the buses, which took us uh, on a mid-stop and then brought us to here. So 120 uh, families. 120 families. That survived are here. Oh, it's amazing they got you out because the whole area along Highway 232, which runs like a far other, yes. it was crawling with terrorists for days. And the, the way escaping itself by the bus was very risky. Yes. Because no one knows whether they ambush on the door because they put ambushes here and there yeah. and blocked the army. Mm. Part of the system they've done. And there were, there were terrorists in IDF uniforms and police uniforms. They killed someone and put on their uniform. And that, what you, that what you know. I, we, you didn't know it at the time. I have any idea. We, we uh, didn't escape. Yeah. We had to save our life. And we entered here. We got the whole service of support. We are here. And then it took time uh, to know what's going in the kibbutz. So after a few days, we started uh, getting a few pictures. And the first one was my apartment. They've been totally destroyed. Yeah. The picture is that nothing remained there. And uh, I just know when the terrorists penetrated to my apartment and what happened there until which something happened, you, know, you can't believe. Yesterday, 12 o'clock at night, mm. arrived a soldier, a young boy, started talking with my friend who also uh, was uh, wounded. Uh, his uh, wife and three children uh, have been kidnapped. Mm. Later on, we returned to my son, too. And he started talking uh, Kafrit, Sincopa. It's all companies in Faraza. You know, we go from Kafrit to Sincopa. We made the deal. We've been at a trick. We killed them. We shoot them. We shoot them. I went to him and I said, uh, excuse me, have you, have you been there? And he started quoting place by place. And I told him, you know, I'm the one who actually lost her apartment nearby the uh, uh, office of the mm-hmm. kibbutz. So tell me, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me where I've been there. I left my apartment fully equipped with no any damage at 2 o'clock. What happened? So tell me, after you left, he haven't been able to quote in the time, but it's a question for hours, maybe an hour, maybe half an hour, maybe two hours, not more. They uh, penetrate, in, they break into the apartment, and use your apartment as a position against the army. Mm. It means they did not enter to my apartment in order to kill people because no one was there. And as it is the front apartment, as you know, you've been there, as the front apartment and the army was on the front. They were in the position. So they start shooting toward the army, the army start shooting toward them, and then the army the idea decide that it's too risky. They call for a combat helicopter, and they uh, shoot the house. So your house is destroyed because they were using it as a stronghold and it's too too risky to try and storm it. All got lost. 60 years of collecting and building Mm -hmm. an apartment, uh, albums, memories, pictures. I'm not talking about valuable uh, properties. I don't care about it. Mm -hmm. But the whole story of the family now, 
They're on the memories. He's now under the rice. Mm. Now the story with my son, which is really painful, is placing unknown until now. He called us. This is Omer who, Omer, the, who the, got shot in the hand. Shot in the hand. Uh, he sent us a WhatsApp at 1030. He said, I don't want to be connected with anyone. I shut up my telephone. I go to the uh, uh, shelter room and that's it. We know that his personality. When he never says, I don't want anyone to talk with, I don't want anyone to, to discuss with, I am there. And uh, we don't have any idea for 24 hours. We don't have any idea for 48 hours. And I asked uh, the army uh, to, to enter and see what was going there. What he know that his neighbor, the women with three children, had been kidnapped. We thought that they took him too. But then, by a miracle way, we called uh, the company over the telephone and asked him, are you able to track to try to find yes. where the telephone is? I'm talking 48 hours after the break of the attack. Normally, the battery is zero. Mm-hmm. The battery was at zero. They identified 250 meters from his apartment. Mm-hmm. On the petrol inside petrol road, with, by somehow somewhere, could bring him to our apartment. Not in a short way, but reasonable. Maybe he understood that running between the building there is risky because he heard the exchange fire between the army and there. Mm-hmm. He thought that I think so. He thought that if we go around mm-hmm. uh, the bypass, he will be safe there. Uh, the last uh, posi- the last station we've been is a 250 meter where the telephone there. We don't have the telephone, mm-hmm. but the location was there. And from that moment, we don't have any. You know, your son is missing. Me, uh, my yeah. son is missing. He's not, if he would be kidnapped by the Hamas, uh, the army still have the list of names. He's not there. Omer Hermesh, 48. 40. And uh, missing from Qatar. Oh, that story. Uh, the story of Hamish is missing. Uh, the, ar- the army hasn't informed you or the authorities. We are connected with the army. We are connected with the police. being confirmed a hostage. They, do, they are doing a lot of hard work in order to find information. We take in consideration that there are close to 400 missing. Yeah. And the Balagan is a big Balagan. Yeah, there's there's so many dead, there's so many confirmed hostages, but there's a group, I think it's shrunk down to around 400 unaccounted for and missing. He's a part of them. And hard for them to work, they're working very hard. It may be 250 hostages that they know are in Gaza, but he, he's... We know, the, we know about 250, we don't talk about 400. Yeah. So there's a situation where here, we lost everything. We don't have anything. Uh, we not, we don't, we, we can't, Imagine what the, in the future is going to be. We are, I'm 80 years old, have 75. Mm. It's not time to start building for zero. I don't know what the government is going to do. In other words, the infantry, the infantry are totally confused. Uh, there will be a lot of needs all around the country, not just like Germany. Uh, I don't know what, what my my plan for the future is going to be, whether to return back there or is it not to return back. Um, it's, a, it's a very tough question. Uh, people ask me how I feel. I feel like a Holocaust survivor. Mm. And uh, somewhere I'm thinking that if I survive from that village, maybe I'm not going to take that risk again. Yeah. But they ask, what's the alternative? There's no alternative now because any alternative, any alternative need I just support, heavy support by the government. Mm. I don't know if they are ready now to deal with it. They are in the middle of the war. They are talking about what it could take money. We are, we are staying here in, in the one small room, Chaba and me. And my daughter with the two children and her husband uh, oh, in mm. the neighborhood place, uh, the kibbutz. A brand new granddaughter. With a grand granddaughter. Uh, everything here is okay, but uh, it will be ended. Mm. You, I, I remember traveling with Latvia to set up a, a pro-Israel caucus in their parliament, and we, you took us outside Riga to this forest where they marched 20, 25,000 Jews in one weekend. It was the second biggest massacre of Jews 
uh, uh, after Bobignon in Kiev. And uh, I remember you standing there that, that bound my heart to you, shy, in a deep way. And this is even more. There are Christians who are going to stand with you. And whatever you decide, we want to help uh, rebuild your life. You, you're a survivor. Can you just say a word about Ofer uh, Lindstein, who you were mayor of the regional council where Kafar Ozzy, he was like a successor, and he was he one of the first categories. Yes, Ofer Lindstein, a member of Tribal's father, the mayor of Sharon Egev, there I've been the mayor for... You and him addressed this two days before all this happened. Two days before. We know, gathered all together, hundreds of hundreds of Christians for all around the world. Yeah. And they knew a, a basketball stadium in, in Sharnegev. We bless you, she bless you, and bless you. The atmosphere was high. People was happy, yeah. running and singing, very optimistic. We talk about the future of the area. You should take in consideration that since I left Sharnegev, until now, the population in Sharnegev doubled. I left it by 5,000, it now was over 10,000. It was a long waiting list of young families who were waiting that just for the order to start building their apartment there. My daughter too, there's mm -hmm. a plot of 50 plots with all the infrastructure, water, shoes, water, electricity is all ready. The Zionist act, the yeah. fire rockets were gonna build. And they was on the stage in order to start building. I don't know, and now I'm convinced that we're not going to turn again to such an experiment. But there's been one of 50 families who was on a process of building, and that was just one list. When they will finish the second list of another 70, uh, 50, in the total, we saw that in a year or two years from now, father would be bigger than 1,000 people. Mm. Or to be now, we don't uh, know. Bottom line, uh, 53 and been murdered. Uh, nine now, now you're eight, are unknown, are missing. Uh, and maybe now kidnapped. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we, don't any, we don't need any more figures in order to clarify the catastrophe and the, the, the tragedy. There's yeah. no worry. It's still in the future is really there's no future we don't know one word. we are here. Mayor Lipstein, he he made us a promise. He he as he was finishing his remarks, he says, "I promise to do everything I can to keep the land of Israel. I promise to do everything I can to keep this beautiful area, so you can visit again." He wound up giving his life. He was one of the first casualties. We were the first. He himself. What happened with him? Uh, when the alert, the red color, red color, ended in the working lunch, he, he left his room and go to the car in order to drive to the municipality uh, to open the emergency room yeah. uh, there and to start collecting information because it's not just for us. That that was across the board. It's the heaviest rocket barrage ever in 20, 30 years. I think 2,500 rockets in an hour or so. 2,500. 2,500 rockets in that first hour. I don't, I don't, the, the, I don't, I don't have the full year. So he left his room, he left the apartment, and he was shooting the, on the, when he started looking for the car. He didn't have any idea. He was shot just outside his house. He didn't have any idea that the terrorists are running all in all. And shooting not just the apartment, shooting also. So it was the way, the one, the window, the winky, the nine o'clock, the uh, channel two, channel 12, informed the mayor of Sharnegi, the mean murder by the terrorist. He was the first person named in the media, uh, the first casualty. Then we understand that the figure is serious. Serious, yeah. But taking consideration, we were sitting 20 hours, me, my wife, and my son in the dog, feeling that we are safe. With stupidity. Yeah, yeah. Because we have never been before. In fact, on the possibility that someone will use the handle in order to break into the yeah. into a second room, central room with a safe place. Okay, you've got the fellow kibbutz here of Shefaim on the central 
coast of Israel and very lovely here. And I hope, uh, you know, you can uh, recover more and, and find uh, your your balance and, and a direction ahead. But we're going to be walking with you, Shai. We really want to reassure you on that. Uh, the very, in the end of that conversation, I, I really want to thank Gavin Jewell and all the stuff for years. Your present here is not uh, un, unused. You are with us everywhere. On the protected days of 2014, you have been the one who break into father and the rocket and put the shelter room. We can't forget it. Yeah. Everywhere. You said it saved your life, or bombshell, one of our bombshells saved your life one time. Really? It's not a joke. So having to say that the... Uh, uh, Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, the staff and the supporter and congregation all around the world, on behalf of the people here who are already feeling like refugees or survivors, refugees are not enough like survivors because they are Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't have the word in order to thank all of you encourage you for all what you are doing, your commitment, your support, you being with us on the more, more, more difficult time, and I can't find a more critical time that they exist now than yeah. now, which the people here are survivors by, by wheelchair. Mm-hmm. We did not fight. I've been a combat soldier. I've been a part of in 67 and in 73. We deliberate Jerusalem. We crossed the Zeretz Canal with the, uh, with the boats. I've been the Lebanon War in 1982. I never met such a journal, and I've been under risk and the fire and the death. What I find in the 20 hours, it's a trauma that can take years for us to recover and understand the impact of that on us, of our children, of our grandchildren, of the next generation. Yeah. Who knows? Well, we were calling you and trying to see if you were uh, okay, and we're glad that you're alive. We're going to pray and work for uh, the relief the, if they find your son. Uh, if he's being held, we want him released, and uh, we're going to keep working with you and, and help you, and, and uh, God bless you, my friend. David, no words. No words, believe me. Thank you. Yes, uh, Shai Hermesh is one of the heroes of this horrific incident, and uh, also uh, Ophir Lipstein, the mayor, who lost his life trying to keep his promise to keep the beautiful region of Sha'ar Hanegev and, and Kafar Alza. He was also from this village. Uh, um, I hope you were able to take a lot, draw a lot from that, and will help us stand with Kafar Alza and all the communities impacted by this uh, dreadful Hamas terrorism. There's also the matter of the hostages. There is many as 200 to 250 Israeli civilians plus people from I think it's over 30, somewhere between 30 and 40 other countries that are being held hostage in Gaza. The whole world is worried about the civilian population of Gaza, as they should be. But what about the the hostages? Even the Red Cross hasn't visited them yet. And uh, now to talk about this is my colleague and our president, uh, Dr. Jurgen Bueller, with uh, Caleb Myers. He's a prominent Israeli attorney who has been asked by the government to head up a special effort to mobilize Christians around the world to help free the Israeli and other hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. I have today with me a very dear friend and guest, and uh, uh, Kalev, I, I wish we would meet at more happier circumstances right now. But uh, you are leading a new coalition that uh, just came out as a consequence of that war. It's called Voice for Freedom Coalition. And um, what you are doing with this coalition is you want to give a voice to all those hostages. And even more, I believe you are you are looking for strong political impact. Can you tell our listeners a little bit what you are doing and also how people can help around the world? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um... Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to you. Um, you know, it's. I think it's just important to pause for a second and to imagine what it's like to have your mother or father, who is, you may be a Holocaust survivor, having passed through all the horrors 
in the 1930s, and now they're in a tunnel underneath Gaza without access to their medication. Or parents who know that their their children, their toddlers, babies are being kept in cages right now by Hamas. And there's beyond that many many families that don't even know that their their loved ones are missing. They don't know if they've been killed or or, or taken hostage. Uh, there's still hundreds of unidentified bodies as the work is going around the clock. And the one thing that the IDF uh, chief medical officer said today is that in their examinations of the bodies that they have done forensic work on, 80% of them were either raped or tortured before they were killed. So like you said, this is, it's, 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 a, it's a crisis and, and, a, and uh, a catastrophe of uh, unequal uh, proportions. Um, I met with a mother yesterday who, uh, whose son uh, disappeared. He was, he was at the music festival down there, and they had assumed that he was kidnapped, but they hadn't heard anything from the government. Yesterday, she received a phone call from the IDF notifying her that officially her son is recognized as being a hostage at the hands of Hamas. An hour after she received the phone call from the government, she received a phone call from Hamas coming from her son's cell phone and telling her that unfortunately her son has been killed in, in the bombings of the Israeli Air Force and that your government killed your son. Now, we don't know if that's true, but that's the type of psychological warfare that Hamas is playing games, playing with, with the minds of, of people that are in the, the ultimate place of suffering right now. We were contacted by the committee. I was contacted by the committee of the hostages, uh, of the families of the hostages. Uh, we could go on Monday. And there's, you know, there's 30 or 40 organizations at least that are representing them in very, very different ways. They asked me to help uh, centralize and manage their international media and diplomatic campaign, particularly among the non-Jewish communities. Um, I'm a lawyer that represents many, many evangelical interests in Israel, including the International Christian Embassy. And so I'm, I'm posi- I was well positioned uh, to do this. So I saw, I'm a little bit too old to go into reserve duty, but I saw this as kind of a call up for a type of reserve duty from God. So I've been working around the clock for the last uh, nine days, and we've put together so far a coalition of 300 organizations, including the embassy. We're calling it the Voice for Freedom Coalition. What we've done so far is, number one, we take the, uh, we ask for the contact details of the media people, the media department within those organizations, and we've created a unified WhatsApp list where we're pushing notifications and pu- pushing. We're creating, curating, and sharing quality media to keep the focus uh, on uh, of the world on this issue. Uh, we helped create and distribute the uh, those kidnapped posters that have been all over the world. They're being printed out and, and plastered in all the major cities around the world. When Facebook last week. Facebook's algorithm uh, removed all those kidnapped posts from Facebook. We had an organization in our coalition that contacted them, confronted them, and and um, was able to uh, change that policy so now those can be shared in Facebook. Well, why would Facebook remove that uh, from their page? They actually apologized. They said it was uh, it was something that came from the automatic algorithm they had. What they said that they they will not be showing is like active video scenes of people being kidnapped or or killed. Like the the difficult graphic material needs to be blurred mm-hmm. out, but the kidnap posters will will get in, and they, so they fix that. But would they actually apologize for that? So we have a we have a media arm of our of our um, activities. We also have volunteers calling each and every leader of each and every organization and trying to map out what connections they may have with real decision makers and real governments around the world so we know exactly what uh, asset, for lack of a better word, we, we're holding that we can mm-hmm. use to apply pressure in certain pressure points, particularly throughout Europe, uh, but, but around the world as, as this project goes forward. I will mention this, that the, probably the only country that can uh, affect a decision of Hamas to release the hostages is Qatar. Mm. Qatar has been playing a game for many, many years. On one hand, it's been sending hundreds of millions of euro uh, or dollars to uh, Hamas in Gaza. And it's told the West, oh, I need, we need to do this so that we'll have some kind of influence for good when, you know, when it's needed. Mm. And at the same time, they have massive business interests uh, throughout Europe. Obviously, they, they, 
They uh, own some of the biggest uh, football clubs, uh, Saint-Germain, Paris, and other ones uh, throughout Europe. I think they're heavily invested in Volkswagen in Germany. They were the host of the uh, last uh, World Cup, so-called. World Cup, obviously. So they, they, they want big legitimacy in the West. But on the other hand, they sent the, the vast majority of funding that Hamas used to militarize itself and carry out this this butchery against Jews uh, Israel. So that was the time to... Al Jazeera is uh, keeping his, uh, telling the uh, twisted story all over the world. That's right. There's there's major disinformation coming out from Al Jazeera. And if you're an Arabic-speaking person anywhere in Europe or the United States or any other Western countries, the information that you're getting right now is, is very, very uh, biased. For that reason, our Ministry of Foreign Affairs is currently considering uh, banning Al Jazeera and preventing their reporters from reporting on the ground here in Israel. For instance, the bombing yesterday of the hospital where Al Jazeera mainly said the IDF bombed the hospital, 500 people were dead. We know now the truth. That was a misfired missile from the Islamic Jihad in Hamas. We have recordings of them, you know, admitting that this this was them, and and you know, and they're responsible for it. Also, much less than 500 people were killed in that. By the way, thank God. Mm. So it's time to tell, uh, you know, countries like Qatar, okay, you've said you've been giving this money, so you can have influence. Now's the time to exert your influence. And if you don't. Then you're complicit in in uh, in the in the situation. I'm not saying that they knew about the attack in advance or they were in any way part of planning it, but they have influence in Hamas because they're the they're the uh, the route through which money is sent to. Hamas. They, they host the perpetrators because all the top echelon of Hamas leadership they are residing yes. in Qatar in beautiful villas, yes. luxurious uh, lifestyle there. But you know what? What you said, these are very big subjects. You know, you're dealing with a, a hostage crisis in the Middle East. Of course, that's normally something uh, which only big governments can deal with. Uh, you are dealing with a state in the Arab world, uh, Qatar, that is very powerful in itself. Um, you have a, a very good strategy. What is it that Christians today can do? You know, we keep saying here at the embassy, this crisis right now, it is... Uh, the point uh, where our support with Israel really need to get hands. It's not enough anymore to say, yeah. oh, we love Israel, we stand with Israel. It is a day where we all need to become active. And how can be Christians become active in what you are doing and support you? Yeah, thank you for the question. So first of all, if you are a leader of our organization or connected to an organization that's not part of our coalition yet, please contact us. Uh, we would love to add you to our coalition. Um, you can go to the, uh, voiceforfreedom.org. That's voice, the number four, and then freedom.org. And, you know, we'll add your media person to our WhatsApp group. Uh, we'll we'll uh, notify you of various initiatives and see how you may might be able to contribute. Um, secondly, we are planning a, a mass rally, a demonstration in Geneva on Sunday, this coming Sunday, the 22nd of October. It's at Place de Nation, uh, across from the uh, Human Rights Council of the United Nations and the offices of the Red Cross. We're going to be flying over there, five family members of hostages. Uh, we are bringing, on Friday, we're bringing them into a meeting with the president of the International Committee of the Red Cross. And on Sunday, we're going to have the demonstration. We want this to be by far the largest demonstration yet uh, in Europe, maybe one of the largest in the world. We're hoping to have over 5,000 people there, um, and primarily Christians, standing up and saying, we as a Christian community of Europe are not going to ignore this type of issue this time. We, we say never again, never again is right now. This is never again. This is the time for never again. It's right now. And we have to be one strong, very united voice against this type of evil. The reason that the United Nations and the International Committee of the Red Cross were created was exactly to deal with these type of situations. And we don't see them being engaged enough. The Red Cross should have already visited the hostages or demanded lists and names of them, uh, um, demand to know what their medical situation is, offer them any kind of medical treatment that's necessary, which might not be available in Gaza. We need them to get engaged. And most of all, we need to be one united voice to call for the immediate and unconditional release of all these kidnapped people. Lastly, so if, if you can come to that event, please, October 22nd, Sunday, we're going to be at three o'clock at Plastic. Which is this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, exactly. October 22nd. Please come. 
please extend an invitation to your network, to your uh, organizations, to your friends. We have a budget for buses. If you say, look, we're com coming from somewhere in the world and I can put 50 people together. If, if you pay for a bus, we will pay for your buses. Uh, uh, we, we want as many people to show up as possible. Uh, and, yeah. and lastly... Yeah, and you know, just to underline the point again uh, for everybody to understand, this is something which really, it's a cry from help coming from Israel. It's a, you, you might wonder what can we do about those hostages. You can be there. You can help uh, Kalev and his team to give them a voice to make sure that um, not only the International Red Cross, but also the world media understands there is a strong Christian community while standing with them. If you already have other plans for this weekend, I do urge you, pray about it, think about it, to change your plans. If you are a pastor, maybe you want to mobilize your church to get a bus. Uh, I actually invite you to uh, take it as uh, on your own expense for your congregation. But if you are short on money, uh, contact Caliph Miles Office. They have a budget to, to help with bus buses to come there. But bring as many as possible people with you share the information with fellow pastors. If you're a denominational leader, that would be an amazing point where you can mobilize your denominations in a short in a short time to come down to Geneva to stand with Israel. It will show the Jewish people that the church is a reliable partner around the world, that in a time of crisis, they can count upon them. And also it will have an impact on those institutions like the Red Cross that is dependent on donations and that is dependent on international support that they better need to get their act together. Now, talking about the international Red Cross for, for a moment, you mentioned that they have been a little bit reluctant. Normally, when it's about uh, issues relating to the Israeli-Palestinian conflicts, when Israel is doing something wrong, usually they are one of the first who are jumping out uh, and condemning Israel and pointing out what Israel is not doing right. Was there any type of voice that you heard from the Red Cross in recent days? They, yeah. So unfortunately, you're you're absolutely right. Um, and if we remember back in 2010, when we had Gilad Shalit, that was at one one hostage at that time that we were, you know, advocating on, on his behalf. At that time, Hamas actually had its headquarters in the offices of the International Committee of the Red Cross in in Jerusalem, which gave them a certain type of diplomatic immunity. Um, so it was actually it was actually harboring Hamas, which is unbelievable, un, un, unfathomable. Um, and and we must state that the per, that the gentleman who founded the Red Cross, Andri Dumont, was a strong uh, Christian Zionist. He was one of the only uh, Christian friends of Herzl that participated in the first Zionist Congress over a hundred years ago. And he he believed in the in the right of of uh, the Jewish people for uh, uh, national sovereignty and national identity and. He foresaw 50 or 60 years in advance the fulfillment of, of these prophecies. To see the Red Cross have strayed so far from that heritage is very, very difficult. What they have done so far is they didn't put out a press release uh, three or four days ago um, that said that they... It, it, took them, it took them three, four days to come out in the first place. That's right. And, and, it, and what it said is they're looking into the situation to see if there's any way that they, that they might... Well, their first, the, the first comment was that uh, we we don't we we're not engaged in the situation in Gaza, <laughs> and then afterwards they came out and said we're looking into it. So I think it's an understatement to say that they're they're not uh, fully engaged at the level they should be, um, and so that that is another uh, organization that we really really need to to pressure um, and to to get involved. And so and the other thing I would I would say you you ask practical things to do. So yeah, join our coalition. Yes, join join the demonstration. Those of you who want to give, you know, we do have a platform at, at voiceforfreedom.com. Uh, um, voice but beyond that, Jürgen, I know you have a lot of prayers and intercessors in your network. Now's the time to get to get down on our, on our knees and cry out for, for grace and mercy, for protection of Israel, and for the release of these hostages. Pray for their precious souls, you know, that, that are in this dark uh, place that's filled with fear and terror. That you know how they'll ever recover from that. You know if and when they're released, they'll need so much healing and 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 so much grace. Surround them and their families. Pray for all the families that don't even that their loved ones are missing and don't even know if they're one of the bodies that's going to be identified or if they're at the hands of, of Hamas in Gaza. We need so much uh, prayer covering. There are people, Jurgen, like you and I, that are 
kind of boots on the ground. We're praying with our feet. We're working around the clock. You know, our, the 24 hours seems like it's all condensed into about an hour. When we look over the last few days, it's, it's just, it's a big blur because it's another phone call, another email, another interview. What can we do? But there are people who can take time to pray, take time to pray. We need your prayers. Uh, and and we, we believe that uh, the, the, the fervent prayers of, of righteous people make a big difference. So, so please pray for us. Yeah, and you know, in that regard, and uh, uh, we speak about political lobbying, but at the same time, we need to uh, believe in a God who is uh, carrying out miracles. And you know, yes. one of our prayer partners, he came to us recently, said, "You know, if God can shut the lions in the in the lions den in the time of uh, Daniel, He can also shut the mouth or the hands of those Hamas terrorists as they are having the captives uh, in Gaza." Uh, one of the Israelis who, who actually one of his sons was missing. He told me, he says, I'm not sure uh, if I would be more happy to hear that my son got killed or to hear that my son is actually a hostage in Gaza. Because the situation there is uh, unimaginably bad. And it's uh, um, one of my friends said, you know, these are not even animals, those people, because animals would not do what those people did uh, to other human beings there in the Gaza Strip. So it's a critical time. We need to pray. Uh, you need to be there at the uh, uh, demonstration this coming Sunday. What time is it again, Carla? Three o'clock in the afternoon. Three o'clock. So it's a, it's a drive distance from most European countries. If you're in Germany, Austria, France, uh, down in Italy, uh, you should be there. You should mobilize your churches to support that with the as big as possible group. And also at the same time, uh, please consider supporting uh, Voice for Freedom Coalition. Uh, there is a link down down where you can uh, go on their website and you can see how you can support this very important mission. Now, Khalif, talking back about Qatar, you know, this is a very rich, powerful Arab state. Uh, people think this is a very advanced state, uh, human rights-wise, because they had the uh, Soccer World Cup just to showcase their nation to the whole world, but in a way, what I hear from you, this is still a very dark place in regard to human rights. There's no question, and, and now is the time for moral clarity. Now, we can't be playing games. We have to speak the truth like it is. You know, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. It's only this type of truth that can set these hostages free, actually. You know, people want to want to have good relations with, with countries like Qatar because they have the highest GDP per capita of any country in the world, that massive, they're sitting on mountains of money. But there are other very wealthy countries down there that are not sending uh, money to Hamas. Saudi Arabia doesn't send money to Hamas. The UAE doesn't send money to Hamas, right? Uh, or and 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 Bahrain and these other these other countries, they're not acting as as a as a funding conduit of this evil terrorist regime, uh, and so. We need to speak about this and say, look, now's the, now now's the time to choose sizes, size. You can both be supporting Hamas and supporting the Israeli people. And it's also very important to point out that Israel is not at war with the Palestinians. Mm -hmm. Israel is at war with Hamas. And there are very uh, you know, well-intentioned Arab states and Western states around the, around the world who care about the Palestinians. I care about the Palestinians. Every human being is, is created in the image of their maker and has the highest inherent value in their life. In order to support Israel, we're not anti-Palestinian. In order to support Palestinians, we shouldn't be anti-Israeli. But we need to eradicate this terrorist organization that suppresses the Palestinians. You know, since mm -hmm. they forcefully came to power in 2006, we've seen thousands of cases of arbitrary arrests, degrading treatment and torture of Palestinians per year. Hundreds of executions without trial, uh, documented executions without trial per year. It's one of the darkest military police states on planet Earth. And so we want the Palestinians to be freed from Hamas. For that reason, Israel, Israel has created this humanitarian corridor that encouraged Palestinians to get away from the areas that, they, that they'll need to go into in this ground incursion. Hamas bombed that corridor to prevent Palestinians from leaving and is keeping them there at gunpoint, hoping that their own people will be killed so that they can take those photos and send it around the world to delegitimize Israel. We're not fighting the Palestinians. We're fighting Hamas. And no, it's a very it's a, yeah, it's a very important point. And you know, I keep telling people, and on the 
Um, sometimes I see even with prayer leaders, this moral clarity is missing. They are uh, uh, people the other day say, oh, we have to pray for Hamas. And I, my response is, you don't pray for Hamas. Uh, in, in World War II, you know, I'm from Germany. I remember so many times my father telling me as a kid, he said, we have to be thankful for America because they took out the Nazi regime. And uh, it needed a very strong force. It needed a very strong military solution to get rid of Hitler. And I think there is absolute legitimacy to compare Hamas with the uh, spirit that was driving Adolf Hitler. If you hear to their sermons on a Friday uh, services in their mosques, they call for the destruction of all the Jews all over the world. So it's nothing different. And you have to be very clear about that. But at the same time, uh, you're absolutely right. We have to pray for the Palestinian people. You know, like my father who got saved during World War II on the front lines, I believe there are many people in the Palestinian, in Gaza, that the finger of the Lord might be upon them right now and bring them into his kingdom. So we have to pray for these people. But at the same time, we have to pray for a very firm action from Israel to really deal with those Hamas terrorists in a decisive way. You know, coming back to the uh, refugee and the refugees, the hostages in Gaza, uh, you know, one of the most disturbing and heartbreaking things for me is to see uh, Holocaust survivors being over. They suffered so much. They went through hell in their youth and now in their old age. They Maybe they experienced the same horrors that they just went through when they were children or, or young people. I, I, uh, there was this one, ad, I think it was a, in the pizzeria in the West Bank, who took a picture of one of those Holocaust survivors, hostages, and made advertisement for their pizza. pizza. It's horrendous what's taking place there. Yeah. No, it's absolutely terrible. And, and, and I think these situations, Jurian, bring to the surface the people who we know are our friends of humanity, and the people who are enemies of humanity, the people who support life, human thriving, and human well-being, and the people who support death and destruction. These types of, you know, the pizzeria that use this this picture in their advertisements and so on and so forth. Now we know who they are, right? Mm -hmm. So the question is today: Are you going to be a voice for life and and, and human thriving and blessing, or are you going to be a voice for death and terrorism? And uh, we have a very clear choice today. It's very important to make our voices be heard. For those of you who are active in social media, very, very important to take, you know, the the the, the pieces and the posts that, that touch your heart and, and to share them and to bless them out. There, there's a war that's waging. And as time goes on, Israel is going to be, there's more going to be more and more and more pressure on Israel. Israel is going to be blamed because we know that they're, they're going to go into Gaza to, to take out uh, Hamas. And we may need to do the thing, same thing on our northern border with Hezbollah. This will probably be a war that will be drawn out by uh, for months, and more people will, will unfortunately lose their lives. Uh, so it's important to, to remember the clear, with moral clarity, uh, the good and the evil, and what are we standing for, and to give Israel that, that support and that backing to get the job done, which is really on behalf of, of, of humanity. I believe uh, that if... If Europe is silent again this time, Europe itself will be in big trouble. Like uh, it's you know the writing is on the wall. This is this is the time to make uh, all of our voices heard uh, and, and and to speak up for truth again. Never again. We say never again on Holocaust Memorial Day. Never again is today. This is this is what we're talking about when we say never again. We in zero, we have zero tolerance for this type of evil in our world. And this is exactly what also you know. I, uh, like to bring up the story of Estel in these times, which uh, had this incredible call for Mother High, who I'm really said, if you remain silent at such a time, he says, don't make a mistake, your people will be saved. Salvation will come from somebody else. He will right. use somebody else, but you and your house, you will perish. And I think the church today is at a very same crossroad where God is asking them, where are you? Do you hear the blood of your brother crying out of the earth? Are you willing to stand up? And I don't think there's any doubt on which side we need to stand in those critical days. Thank you so much, Caliph Miles. We want to wish you all blessings. I hope I can be with you in Geneva myself. Uh, I'm actually I'm planning uh, to join you for this very critical moment. And I believe many, many other Christians from around the world will join you there also. I hope so. It would be good to see you there.
Thank you so much, Colin. God bless you. We have several of our Christian embassy branches in uh, Europe that will be taking part in this rally for, to free the hostages in Geneva this Sunday at 3 p.m. And uh, please be there again. It's voice, the number four, freedom, voiceforfreedom.org. And uh, Caleb Myers also has a meeting tomorrow, Friday, with the chairman of the International Committee of the Red Cross in Geneva and the chairman of the UN Human Rights Commission. Please be praying for those meetings ahead of this rally on Sunday. Join us again next week for another ICEJ webinar.